Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of January 29th, 2023. Congratulations, Chiefs. You just pulled off a win, despite having one of the most cowardly punts I've seen in a long time. Oh, but our field goal kicker isn't great, and that's the weird range. Still, don't do that. Uh, the Eagles won earlier today. Philadelphia, I assume, is burning itself down and or just completely drunk out of their minds or both, which is always how well, victory should be celebrated. Yeah. Climbing all of the polls, despite Greece having been applied to the polls. Mm-hmm. They should know that it takes more than Greece to stop an Eagles fan. Honestly, I don't know why the city bothers anymore because it clearly doesn't work. At a certain point, you're in a red flag to a bull kind of situation. Mm-hmm. What? I wonder how many outfits the Rocky statue has had this evening. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> if I, I set the over under at 12, what are you taking? Oh, over on that. Because who knows what, what different outfits he's had tonight. Yeah, I feel like that's a push. 12 feels like a lot. Uh, what about the Ben Franklin statue? Somebody's climbing all the way up on top of City Hall. That's Guaranteed. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's William Penn. Penn. That's William Penn. Never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Philly. If you were really about it, you'd be ca- you'd be climbing City Hall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God, Jesus! I'll see your asses at Broad and Market. Now you want to fight Philly? You were fighting Minnesota last time. Now you're going after Philly. We had so many people. We had people step up in our mentions, being like, "Yeah, all that, all that St. Olaf hate, all that D three talk, Minnesota talk, made me feel seen." So there you go, Beth. Yeah, <laughs> some people were there, and they were like, "Yeah, hell yeah." As hell a yeah. fellow, as a fellow D three alum, I get it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They felt good. They, they, the D3 folks felt, I mean, that's what we do at the, the committee here. We, we recognize the small schools, like everybody that's playing football, because we love it on all levels. I mean, to play for some crazy trophies, too. That's fantastic. There were, there were more that oh. we didn't mention, too. There was like some crazy like clog shoes, like some duck oh, yeah. shoes. So, yeah. so, so I've, got, I've gotten issues with that because that's, that's Union and RPI. And those yeah. are both D1 hockey teams, ECAC, mm-hmm. who are my rivals in hockey, so I'm not oh. going to refuse to mention them. Out of oh, spite. okay. That's what okay. it was. My parents are RIT alumni, and I approve this message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, it's just fodder for future episodes. Exactly. <laughs> Trophies are such a rich well. I, even just going through more of them, I, we're going to go back to the D3 well so many times, because the D1 ones are funny, and we're like, oh, it's a wagon wheel, oh, whatever. And then D3's like, nah, fuckers, we got a cranberry scoop. Okay, well then, got a badass here, it's good. Pick girl, we're going to give you some time to flame Crichton. Thank you. Thank you. Crichton. Is it Crichton? Um, Crichton? It's Did Crichton. Okay. It's Crichton. Wait, is it in the middle of what I said? Crichton? Crichton. 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 Yeah. Crichton. Okay. I mean, you pronunciation. God damn We've it. We've been here. <laughs> so for context for the listeners, floating around on, I think, Friday evening, it came to college basketball internet's attention that the blue crew, the student section at Creighton had ostensibly put out a cheer sheet that said thing that had reminders for the student section on it, Mm -hmm. uh, such as people will be watching you. Your face paint makes you an attraction. Act like it. Be respectful. Most fans just want to relax. Do not be too loud. Do cheer for our team. The front row is reserved for us, so there's no need to reserve more, to arrive more than 15 minutes early. Clap when St. John's gets introduced, too. They are our welcome guests. Uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, I, I should say, in the interests of the journalistic integrity of the Sickos Committee, yes. that the Blue Crew has said that this, fi- this cheer sheet is fake. However... Okay. 
if you go through Twitter and you look at the response of even what appear to be Creighton alumni to this particular cheer sheet, it was plausible that this was real. There were people who thought that it was real. And as an alumna of the Oakland Zoo, man, this is some weak fucking shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you, the fact that this is even plausible is incredibly embarrassing for Creighton. Even, even you know, false flag by St. John's, whatever. Good job. Whoever did this, honestly. Yeah. Great joke because Creighton, you should be embarrassed. This is me putting on my hate ass Spurrier hat. The zoo was not even at like its peak when I was in school and I still almost got kicked out of a basketball game. Uh, this is my finest moment of pit basketball fandom because I ended up right behind the announcers at the 2015 NIT game against GW and security was like, I'm going to need you to not say all of the things that you're currently <laughs> saying too loudly. <laughs> yeah, the, the zoo is very, very well known for things like that. Um, after the Patino scandal broke, we had fake money that we were just flinging around after. Nice. Yeah. Uh, very, 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 very tough place to play. Uh, not as much anymore, but we're on the way back up. I see that? you, Miami. You down. Oh. oh. Has anyone else ever almost ever been kicked out of a game before? Um, They thought I threw a battery one time at a West Virginia <laughs> game. Okay. <laughs> I did. did. It was the did. dude next but, to me. But... But, finding, but finding the person who throws the battery at the West Virginia game is the really hard. That's a hard task. Let's be honest here. I mean, I was at a West Virginia game at one point where the referees had to stop it and tell us to please stop throwing. And I quote, whiskey bottles onto the playing <laughs> surface so we're a delightful bunch <laughs> that is one way of putting it kamesh any any almost ejections for you um i, I really can't think of any I, what did I, you I, tossed at ulm that's that's well, a I mean, question like, the that's that's the thing it's like you know it's really not anybody uh, when we were there well, i'm sorry when i was there we were quite awful uh i'm, I'm talking like like one in ten mm-hmm uh, I'm, I'm talking two and nine, uh, you know, maybe like a high watermark of three and eight or something while I was there. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, I'm a I, I really, I'll put this in my veins. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just like, how do I get tossed and get heated about a one in 10 team? I, I just, I, I don't, I'm, I'm rather even keel at games. I'm not too high, too low. I don't, I don't really get, I, I feel kind of rather stoic. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get excited when there's like a big, a big play, but I, I'm not. I, I just remember one game that we were just talking a bunch of trash uh, with the Idaho players. Yeah. So <laughs> it was ULM versus Love Idaho. The Sun Belt. Love that old Sun Belt. In the Sun Belt. In the Sun Belt. ULM, Idaho, both in the Sun Belt. Classic Sun Belt rivalry, you know, that Idaho, Monroe, Louisiana connection. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking mad trash about potatoes in Idaho, uh, just going back and forth. And really the student section, it was maybe like 30 of us, like the team probably outnumbered us. The Idaho team probably had more than us, but we would just, Mm -hmm. just, just some lighthearted, you know, chit chat back and forth. And I don't even think we had security on our side because I was (laughs) like, there's only like 30 people over there. What are you guys going to do? Yeah. And I was like, what are you, I mean, they outnumber us. Like if we tried to do anything to them, the team would take us out. So um, really nothing (laughs) Nothing that I can think of. Really, I can't think of anything. I remember there was some rowdiness when North Texas fans came one game and but that was on the other side of the stadium. So I I, I don't I don't know. There was some heated uh exchanges of um you know words and, and whatnot with some reffing, but nothing to get me kicked out. Uh I was almost ejected from a uh, a Harvard Dartmouth hockey game. 
in Cambridge for just being as annoying as humanly possible. I want to imagine you like trying to lasso someone with a scarf. Uh, that would have, that, God, that would have been so good. The thing about being in the band most of the time is that it's hard to get ejected. It's hard to be too rowdy in the band. That's very you, true. Because you have numbers. And so most of the times I can think of were times where I went like of, of my own volition someplace else. And I was, you know, bringing that band energy to a place where it was not necessarily wanted <laughs> or needed. Put it that way. <laughs> the Duquesne game thing. Did you was want that, to introduce was, everybody? Oh, shit. <laughs> why, would, why would we do that? I was Fine. just going to let it go as long Fine. as possible. But there, like, there, we went for like 10 minutes tonight. and I was like, I was, I'm going to hold off on it. There are people here tonight. Fine. I'm Jordan. You know me. There's Kamish. And I got Pit Girl. I got Beth. Hey, yo. Pit Girl is drinking homemade wine tonight. I am. Beth is drinking hot chocolate. It's, it's very true. And just, and just, you know destroyed a frosty the snowman chocolate melty thing yep and, and kamish what are you drinking just some i don't know some some sour beer i guess sour so, beer some I've sour got, beers for the evening mm-hmm. i've got some whiskey so we're doing good fine that's our intro everyone happy there now <laughs> happy yes welcome now, to do, the sickos committee pot wait did we do that part yeah i did that part i did do that part. <laughs> okay. i forgot the intro but i forgot uh, the introductions but i did the introduction of the show yes so the duquesne basketball game there was the DoorDash dude that wandered on the court. Was it fake? Yes. 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 God damn it. It has been confirmed that it was a planned stunt. Unfortunately, there's a picture somewhere floating around of like the guy was wearing a mic, which is oh. incredibly disappointing. Um, I really enjoyed seeing that in real time. It's still funny. It's just less funny than if it had happened organically. Did the refs uh, know? No. I don't okay, think so. so. I so, a so they didn't plan it. They legitimately interrupted a D1 basketball game though for yes. whatever this was. Okay, I mean, so yeah. that's even weirder, I think, that it was like a plan. I guess, man. I don't know. I mean, so I was excited when it happened because we got tagged in it immediately when it happened. Like our sickos mm-hmm. yeah. our college basketball I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened." And and then like maybe thirty minutes later, I tweeted underneath it. I was like, I just can't wait until we find out that this is some sort of viral planned prank. You know, we were enjoying, we were enjoying it. And I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy it until we find out it's a it's it's a planned prank. It turned out it was. There was a YouTuber. He had like a, a microphone in his collar. That somebody linked the video to us, and it shows him like outside the stands getting ready to do this. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? And so, like, even some of our followers are just like, okay, I am reporting this. This is harmful. Because, honestly, if that was planned, I mean, really, he almost ran into, like, the players, like, if yes. you're doing that on purpose. Now, if it was yeah. fake, I mean, if it was, like, he really lost on, on purpose or something like that, that was great. Uh, it would have been hilarious. But, like, that stunt, it was just, like, it takes everything away from it. It's not funny. It's dangerous. I mean, he was within, like, a step or two of a player and if the player attempted to dribble <laughs> instead of throwing an entry pass, which was a very like, bad just entry pass. slammed straight into him. He would have yeah. ran right into him and just knocking uh, the fake, uh, I don't know, it was real soda or something. But, I mean, how, to go through all that for a Duquesne game? How so, did he yeah. get onto, like, how bad is, okay, so I know that courtside security at a lot of D1 games, at the top level, okay, it's like football, like, there's very strict things. <laughs> but I know at smaller schools and, like, less, like, there's not a whole lot of, like stuff around the not court. that small and they're right. i haven't been in their gym but like it's pretty nice from what i understand it um, is but the it, area it's is small. 
Yeah. I mean, I would think also based on like they're in uptown Pittsburgh, like it's not I I would think that they would have more robust security than, say, like Robert Morris or other universities that are in a less like urban area. Like Duquesne is very within walking distance of the paint can. Like there's a lot of stuff in the general Duquesne area. And I assume that they like Pitt take serious, say, take security pretty seriously, especially after the year before I was a freshman at Pitt, there was this whole saga where somebody kept calling bomb threats in on campus. And it turned out it, that it was this guy that lived in Northern Ireland. And like, it was a whole thing. Oh, um, wow. Nothing happened, but it yeah. was still real scary. Um, which is to say that I'm sure Duquesne also like learned some lessons from that and is really on top of their shit, which is actually like, I have a friend who I think of as the internet's most online Duquesne fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like <laughs> immediately messaged him when this happened and was like, how did this guy even get in the building? and he was like i don't know right (laughs) yeah i i haven't been to a duquesne game in a couple of years but like i recall a normal ticketing procedure it didn't seem like the kind of place you could just sort of wander into it's definitely small you know and it doesn't it's not quite as bustly as a lot of the other uh, d1 schools that i've been to but it didn't seem like the kind of place you could just wander into or that this could easily happen yeah. All right, so we got Duquesne Stadium capacity, 4,400. Okay. Yeah. So 4,400. They were playing, uh, I mean, they're like middle in their conference, so yeah. it wasn't really like a packed house. And it was uh, a weeknight game. So it wasn't like, um, was it like Tuesday night or Wednesday night? I can't remember exactly. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't like a packed house. Honestly, Duquesne was losing at the time it happened, and then that the DoorDash fake thing sprang them on uh, to win the game. And launch a big comeback. There so, we go. Um, I guess good for Duquesne there. It's weird if if you had told me that it was something that had been planned, like with the school and the players knew, like like something like that. Like okay, that sucks, but that's corporate shit, whatever. But that mm-hmm. it was a stunt where it was actually kind of dicey and planned. That is weird. I don't know. Ooh. So the Big Twelve doesn't have a schedule yet. That feels right. <laughs> We are we are very late into this process, and the Big Twelve doesn't have a schedule yet. They're going to have fourteen teams next year. Thirteen? How many is it? What does your heart say? It's what does your heart tell you? How many nine, teams are in the Big Twelve? I feel like it's thirteen because it's nine that they have now plus four more. That feels correct. And they're playing a nine-game schedule, <laughs> and so they are. So they're going to have you know. There's some teams. Every team's not going to play. And I hate so, this. Why, why do you hate this? They, what, what else are they going to do? Also, no divisions, by the way. So it is just a randomly selected set of nine. Sure. Great. With some protected crossovers for, you know, big rivalries. Yes. So, Because what would we do without Bedlam? What would we do? I was going to say it would be really funny if Red River got got broken up just for the one year. <laughs> Their last Honestly, year. If I'm, if I'm the Big 12, yeah, doing it. Fuck it. Bye. Yeah. You're leaving. We're sending you to Cincinnati in November. Have fun. Mm-hmm. So Cincinnati released this video or GIF that can best be described as what's the, what was the old No Whammy show? Press your luck. Press your luck. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so it looked like that because all the the schedules. And I made you the can comment. Put the sound that, effect in here, yeah, if you want. Oh, to. I will. I will. And I'll put a No Whammy. <laughs> no Whammy. No Whammy. Stop. The funny thing about it was that there were they they had this thing of oh guess our schedule and we'll get you free season or like a free ticket to a game. It was something very small. And then I realized I did poor math to start with. 
And I said that it was yeah. that it was nine factorial versions of the schedule. But I, that was only taking into account. But that's wrong because there are 13 teams. And I was just so under nine factorial, there's 362,000 possibilities. But one of our followers who's much better at math was like, that's not necessarily true. It's actually something like six million possibilities. I forget the exact math. But yeah, there is there are a lot more possibilities than that. So for a free set of tickets to Cincinnati football to have you know uh, the same odds as you know a kind of middling lotto poll, that's rough. That's right. <laughs> Can we have a moment to pivot back to Duquesne just really quickly? Oh yeah, pivot I, back I went to on Duquesne. a bit. I went on a bit of a dive. Mm-hmm. So Duquesne has done the following: they took a parking lot, a parking garage, and they mm-hmm. turned it into their student union. Okay. They turned okay. a different parking garage into their music school and they turned yet another parking garage into a dorm this is quality urbanism good job duquesne i mean that's is this is this mixed use is that what they call mixed use mixed use <laughs> i mean the funny thing is that the thing i most remember about my last trip to duquesne is what a pain it was to find parking <laughs> <laughs> no that's why yeah. it feels like duquesne has their own show on hdtv mm-hmm. it's like reclaim this parking garage <laughs> The, the, other, the other funny Duquesne campus thing um, is that, so Duquesne is in Uptown, it's on the bluff, um, so it's like if you ever are driving into downtown from Oakland, you like mm-hmm. go, on 376 you go like down past the bottom of the hill and Duquesne's like up on top of the hill, but okay. there's this big nice looking building on your right if you're westbound on 376 or the parkway. If you are, that's how you can tell I'm not actually from Pittsburgh because I call it 376 South Parkway. Anyway, there's this big, nice looking building and you drive by and you're like, what is this? It's Allegheny County Jail and Duquesne paid to make it look nice because it shows up in all of their campus pictures. Yep. It just has really interesting windows. What an interesting window. Why do the windows look like that? It's spectacular. It's so good. Oh, that is pretty. Yeah. Those are some weird windows, though. Can uh-huh. I, I'm going to throw, throw this in the Discord for you to see. It's delightful. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really, spectacular. It just has some kind of odd windows. Nice. I like that. It looks like a cheese grater. It does look like a cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> the West Central Pennsylvania term for, like, where Duquesne is relative to Pitt is up there. Okay. So that's, that's where Duquesne is. Nice. Okay. Well, it's then. down around back, and Duquesne is up there. Some local Dallas news now. Someone in the DFW area finally stopped Stetson Bennett. (laughs) It was, however, the Dallas PD. (laughs) Instead of playing in the Senior Bowl, Stetson Bennett said he was going to be in Dallas prepping for the draft. And uh, he was arrested for being drunk and banging on doors at 6 a.m. As you do. Whom among us has not? Right. No, that's... It's happened. I've been there. I... this This is... this is why whenever we had visiting bands, we would always have their hosts because they would always stay in dorms or, dor- or dorms. And so we'd have uh, their hosts write their room number and cell phone number in Sharpie on their arms with an, <laughs> with an if found, please return to. That's and, right. And campus PD, campus, uh, we told them as campus security knew that if they found one of these people, just to drop them back off at our places. So there we go. What? That is going to be the look. I was being responsible. Yeah, I guess. I've never <laughs> luggage tagged people. What? <laughs> you know what? Well, I, I was going to say, you've never taken a middle school band anywhere, but you have. You should know better than that. 
Oh, no, we just assume they'll find their own way home. They have this, like, homing reflex. They're like, the swallows <laughs> like returning pigeons. to Sabastwana. Yeah, like yeah, it's going to be fine. Gosh. I'm just imagining using middle school band kids as, like, a method of sending messages in the first world <laughs> Run! Little... Bad news, guys. The only ones left are the percussionists. They'll never make it. <laughs> They'll never make it. God. We have an oboist. We're sending them through Verdun. It's fine. Oh, my God! <laughs> We've tucked, we've tucked a note in the back of her neck. Go, go, child, go. Uh, Kamish. Yeah. Do you have a st- do you do you have a story about being lost and banging on doors? Uh, well, I didn't bang on any doors because I I couldn't find any to bang on. <laughs> so you know, going to school in 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 Monroe, it's a smaller smaller town, uh, visiting some friends in Baton Rouge at, at LSU, uh, one weekend. We went to a bar. I think it's now called Fred's. It could have been called Fred's back there. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it because, you know, I'll tell you the story. So we walked there uh, because there's a bunch of apartments around this area. And that's where my friend lived. And so basically, you know, we got separated at, I guess, closing time. And I'm walking back to the apartment. This is kind of like in the days when you don't really have any text messaging or anything like that whatsoever. I'm trying to walk back, not really knowing my way. And and I don't really have my bearings because we've been out all night drinking. Uh, So I'm walking and I take a right. uh, And when I should have took a left, I believe, or I missed my left uh, and just kept going and wound up on, I believe it's Brightside Drive. I was just walking down Brightside Drive, which was a big street. I'm like, okay, this I've never seen this street before. I've <laughs> gone too far. I am lost. So I just keep walking down the, the Brightside Drive, and then I come across this school. It is the, uh, I believe it's the Louisiana School for the Visually Impaired, uh, the one that I see. And I'm like, okay, I am totally lost. I've never seen this school before. I didn't even know this school existed. Mm-hmm. And so I my, my I guess my Stetson Bennett moment, there's really no houses out here on this part of the street of Brightside Drive. So I turn back around and I try to recap where I was and I can't. So I can't do it. And then I cross Brightside to the other side because I see like three or four different like apartment complexes and thinking what it is. And then uh, my friend winds up finding me and she, she takes me back to a place, which it was a little bit of a like wandering adventure for maybe about an hour. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't cold or anything like that, but just, you know, I can see how Stetson got a little drunk uh, and, and maybe wandered off. I don't know the circumstances. Hopefully it's nothing too devious that he was doing, but yeah, it, it's happened. And uh, I mean, I, I really didn't know we had a Louisiana school for the visually impaired uh, until I basically made it to their campus but oh boy oh boy was i lost like just looking at the map like this was like an extra like 10 15 minute walk that i i i totally missed my turn and it was i was definitely under the impairment of uh i I don't even know what we were drinking that evening i i I just remember being lost and the the school for the visually impaired that's about it alana said that this is only a funny story if that when banging on doors stetson bennett said can i tell you about your lord and savior the georgia bulldogs Come on down to Stetson Bennett Kia Waycross. We got deals. We got yep. deals. The only time I I've always been very good about only getting very drunk in situations where I had handlers or where I was in a, in familiar land. The one time I did not do this was in Salzburg, Austria. Uh, I was in Salzburg. Jeez. I ended I've done up that before. <laughs> I ended up at uh, a 
place that was like a converted monastery beer garden. And okay. so was drinking there. We were drinking with some, uh, one of the people I was with this program with, uh, his parents came to visit us there. They were driving, they were coming through. And so we were drinking and I had stopped after two giant mugs of beer. His mom looks at me and goes, and I was like, no, I'm not going to drink this. And she goes, you're going to drink this. So I got hazed by my friend's mom, which is great. <laughs> And so we end up heading back at different times, but we're in a city that we don't really know. Our hostel's on like the shittier side of town, whatever. I end up having to go pee in the middle of this walk. So I pee on the side of a building when no one's around, go home, go back, whatever. Next day, uh, we start doing the tour of the city. And turns out I had peed on Mozart's birth house. Mozart's birth house, yes! (laughs) Peed on the corner. So, Yeah. Hey, listen, if you're going to pee on a wall, make it a bright yellow wall. Exactly right. I should have, I should have recognized, I, I immediately recognized it the next morning. You idiot. <laughs> so, yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> I guarantee you, my friend Becca, who is listening to this and who went to Salzburg with me, just spilled something. God. <laughs> Amazing. So, we've had some offensive hire moves, offensive coordinator hire moves this week. First off, Miami has fired Josh Gaddis, which, okay, that feels, I don't know that it was the problem, but you got to do something if you're Miami. Sure, Miami, sure. It wasn't wasn't Mario Cristobal settling for field goals in College Station. Sure, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, he won the Broyles Award in 2021 Yep, for Michigan, and then he went to Miami, and now he got fired. Well, you- it's almost like uh, Miami's quarterback, whose name escapes me, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, Van it's Dyke. almost like he, d- it's almost like he didn't uh, live up to the hype. Weird. Yeah, or he got about that. injured a ton. But yes, okay, both. If you're an offensive coordinator and your last name doesn't rhyme with Aaron's, how much do you think your head coach is willing to protect you? Do you have any faith there whatsoever? Because I always assume that if I'm an offensive coordinator, my head coach is two seconds away from throwing me under a moving train if he thinks it will, if it means he thinks that he'll make the bus 10 minutes faster. Ooh, I don't know. That's a- so you Pat feel Narduzzi like he has not fired any of his offensive coordinators. They all, like the ones that have left, have left. They have not been fired. Yeah, he's, but Pat Narduzzi hasn't been in like fire danger, really. No. Well, he's, he's ran them off, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. It Matt Canada like, is like reportedly challenging to work with, but I don't know that Pat Narduzzi like intentionally ran him off. And that's the only one I can think of that that really applies to. Um, it, maybe feels like, yeah. it feels like firing, firing your OC is, it, it feels like this ship is going down. Oh yeah. Maybe if I make the boat lighter, it will help it stop sinking. And so you pitch off your OC. Right. And the boat's so, still sinking. Or yeah, you either do that with yeah. your OC or your DC because when I did the he sh- who shall not be named Brian Van Gorder, mm-hmm. he was hired on sinking ships like five times. Yeah, and and basically like like Chizik was in hot water going into <laughs> 2012, and then he hired Van Gorder as DC, mm-hmm. and so he was done. And then again, I mean that happened to him like so many different times. I feel bad. <laughs> You know, again, remember when, Bo- remember when Bo Pelini was hired for a sinking ship? DC? Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like Coach O was like, let's hire Bo Pelini for defense. I mean, I imagine that this goes like this. Head coach shows up at the AD and the AD's like, you know, it's not, 
it's not going the way we want. We think we need to make a change. And like you jump in as fast as you can and you're like, absolutely. And that's why the offensive coordinator has yeah. to go. That's exactly, that, that I can idea, totally see happening. And the idea is like, yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I, we hadn't thought about that. Well, sure. We can try that. Great, great conversation. <laughs> good to good to talk to you. Shake hands, shake hands, walk out. Yep. My idea too. Bye buddy. Great idea, sir. Well, it's okay because there are some openings. There are some, uh, there is a, Offensive coordinator who now needs a job. Tonight, the Dallas Cowboys dumped news dumped during the AFC Championship game that they're firing Kellen Moore. Really? Are you, are you kidding me? Pro- no, no. They said they were mutually parting ways. It was yeah, okay. mutual. Mm-hmm. It was mutual. I that's what, that's Kellen Moore's tweet that he is on a one way trip to Thailand. Also, oh, I would, I would. Oh. He, oh man, he and Cliff just hanging out, fist bumping in Thailand. Oh God. Clearly, the Dallas Cowboys' problem was Kellen Moore, so I'm glad they fixed they fixed the, their big problem. Yeah, he was, they fixed he, it. He was throwing didn't the interceptions. Moore, didn't Kellen Moore like get an interview with Carolina for the head yeah. coach job? Yeah, he got several <laughs> interviews. <laughs> Jerry's like, I don't like that. No, we can make. I suggested Brian Ferentz for this opening, and Dallas Cowboy fans in our timeline were very unhappy. How in other news, water go? is wet. Iowa fans super happy. Like, yes, please help us. He's more suited for the NFL conservative ways. Uh, speaking of speaking of OCs going places, also news dump tonight, because I'm guessing UTEP wanted the cover of the AFC Championship game. UTEP's yes. offensive coordinator has retired after 40 years in the game. Not at UTEP. But I want to say that UTEP's OC has been coaching for 40 years and does not have a Wikipedia page. And it's not like he's been coaching at small places. He's coached at Michigan State. Do, do you have his name? Uh, look, I gotta find it because I don't even remember it. Dave Warner. Dave, Dave Warner. Warner. I only okay. know that because I started Googling to double check that this is correct. Because this seems like a fairly large oversight for like sports Wikipedia. Right? Dave Warner. Dave Search. Warner. Yeah, please he was. Be, please let him be in the witness protection program. Please no, let him he's be in not the witness in here. protection program. Yes. Oh, he's, he's not. So. Yeah. Like there's a David Warner disambiguation page in three different sports Dave Warners and none of them are this one. So so this guy was at Michigan State from 2007 to 2019. Wow. And was there during like the really good Michigan State years. He was co-offensive coordinator during the time when they won the Big Ten Championships and went to Rose Bowl, went to the Rose Bowl. And he does not have a Wikipedia page. Hmm. Also at Houston when Dana Dimble was there. And Wyoming, when Dana Dimble was there, too. So he's either incredibly boring or unbelievably interesting. He, he feels like he's kind of boring. I won't lie. But I don't have proof of that. It just feels that way. Is this like the, the old man that refuses to get a cell phone? Like the assistant coach that refuses to get a Wikipedia page? The fact that no one, like, you know, Wikipedia. People yeah. put all sorts of stuff on there. How does this person who is... Yeah, like Wikipedia is so good at this stuff. Did I do he... not. Yeah, he's like he meets the notability standards too, and like that's the other thing is that sometimes people don't get them because Wikipedia has decided that they are insufficiently important. But like every offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator has a Wikipedia page for like any of the FBS schools. So this is just like some there's some some sports nerd somewhere like made some sort of oversight. Even even Biff Pogi finally got a Wikipedia page. But he had one. It was a stub, but he had one. 
So what if this is a situation where like he pissed off a grad assistant so badly that that grad assistant is like, I will do everything in my power to erase you from existence, old man. <laughs> that I be- that I believe. Some some fucking Wikipedia bureaucrat got pissed yep. off at him. Every like, day. Not, no- not notable. Not notable. Yeah, like every day Trevor, the former grad assistant, is refreshing Wikipedia like, like, is he back? Is he back? He's back. Oh, I'm one of the su- stupid son of a bitch. Like- <laughs> So like his, the pharaohs who followed Akhenaten trying to remove him from the historical yes. yep. So his actual career was grad assistant at Syracuse, running back coach at Syracuse, quarterback coach at Kent State, quarterback coach at Kansas, quarterback coach at Bucknell, passing game coordinator at Wyoming, offensive coordinator at Connecticut, passing game coordinator at Houston, wide receivers coach at Southern Miss, QB coach at Cincy, QB coach at Michigan State, uh, offensive coordinator at Michigan State, quarterbacks coach at Michigan State. And then on to Utah. Like that's a, that's a real career. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a big time. Uh, like, uh, mm-hmm. that's worthy of Wikipedia. Career. Come on now. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it. Whatever. What did they do with Brian Kelly? What did LSU do? Uh, LSU mistakenly overpaid Brian Kelly by $1 million. How do you fuck up a million dollars in payroll? The same way the PAC 12 did with, uh, God damn it. <laughs> No, I have never had a job that has fucked up a million dollars in payroll to me personally. It's a measure. It's a measure of how old I am at this point that I look at that. I'm like, oh, no, now your taxes are going to be a whole mess this year. (laughs) (laughs) IRS is accepting returns now, by the way. I filed mine today. I need to. This feels this feels like um, a little bit of a shell game by Brian Kelly and LSU here. The report revealed that LSU made supplemental payments directly to Kelly when he was hired. However, the school also been making supplemental payments to Kelly's LLC at the same time. And so they found it in an audit. State auditors noted multiple errors related to coaches' pay <laughs> last year. The school also misclassified nearly $6.7 million in severance payments as coaching salaries, benefits, and bonuses in its statement of revenue and, and omitted nearly $140 million in debt on its NCAA <laughs> financial report. Man, that's some good classic Cajun cooking of the books right there. Yeah, I'm about to say, that's that's classic. Ooh, ooh wee. Ooh, wee. That's some spicy accountant. <laughs> I'm trying to find what his LLC is. As opposed means. to the kind of spicy accounting that you oh, might uh, find on TikTok. That's right. Um, Brian Kelly's LLC is called Brian Kelly LLC. Man, I was hoping for something way better than that. <laughs> I'm really were, sad that our LLC is not called Brian Kelly LLC all of a sudden. That would be. Uh, Brian Kelly LLC. Brian Kelly, three L's, LLC, doing business as Sickos Committee. <laughs> DBA Sickos Committee. All wait, right, is this, can I change is this, that? Is this, sovereign, that? No. Wait, is this sovereign citizenship where it's like, oh no. This is not my, this is my corporation. I'm a corporation. I am not a human. You cannot arrest me as a human. I am a corporation. This we only rec- recognize flags with the fringe? Only. If it does not have a friend, the yellow fringe is not a court that I wish to be brought up in. He's, just, he's just trying to avoid like French law down in Louisiana. I get it. God, Napoleonic code is so weird. Who knows? <laughs> We're going to need to split your LLC in half. Why? We can't tell you. <laughs> but I mean, split your LLC in half. I mean, here's the sword. You have to take a sword to the books. <laughs> you don't have your sword against the law. 
You must have a sword in court in Louisiana. This sounds like the Solomonic Code to me. Yes. It's pretty much the same. Yeah, I assume I assume Napoleonic Code derives from Solomonic Law. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Guys, I have a goal for this next football season for me. I'm going to try to go to a game in Burrow, Alaska. Or not Burrow now. It's Utakvisk. I got to find the pronunciation. The location formerly known as Barrow. I think the high school is still named Barrow High School. It is. I believe so, yes. The Barrow Whalers. Please don't get eaten by a polar bear. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I'd be afraid Uki- of. Ukiatvik, I believe. Ukiatvik. So Ukiatvik, Alaska, formerly known as Barrow, Alaska, is the northernmost point in the United States. And they have a high school football team. And it turns out they have a game on August 19th at noon. And I think I'm going to try to go. It is 24 hours of flights. I think my most direct way is Dallas to Seattle to Anchorage to Barrow. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to go. (laughs) I I immediately brought up this thing when you were talking about trying to go. I was like, I wonder if I can pull this off, too. And I started talking with the the wife, and she was just like, hell no. (laughs) So I I got shut down. And and the thing what really sealed the deal is she was like, Where is where is, you know, Barrow, formerly known as Barrow, located? So I was like, It's it's in Alaska. It's at the very top of Alaska. And so I I I scrolled out from the point on the map to where we are at the map in, in oh, South yeah. Texas here. And she was like she was like, Holy shit. <laughs> it's like <laughs> hell no. It's like and so I mean, for me, I could probably get there too. And there's like 15 hours of flying. I actually have director. I have easier flights apparently from San Antonio, but uh, it's it's looking like oh man, there's one. I think the the fastest I could get there, but it would be like 40 hours of travel. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry, the cheapest I could get there would be 40 hours of travel. It, w- it would be like a foul uh, <laughs> to do it, but it feels like a, a bucket list thing that. I mean, seriously, you'd be at the top of the world. The hotel, I even looked at the hotel up there. Me too. It's called too. the top of the world. That's the best one. I saw this one. It was like some Airbnb. And then like one of the pictures, it was just like bugs everywhere. Yep. I was like, what mm-hmm. type of bugs are up in Alaska? Come on, man. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I am looking at flights on your behalf right now, Jordan. Not yeah. for that date, just in general, looking uh-huh. at Google Flights. Because uh, I attempted to put Dallas to Utkiavik. Utkia- I'm sorry, um, into Google Maps, and it's like, you can't drive here, which makes yeah, sense. No, yeah, I, yeah, but no it way. doesn't even give you driving directions to, like, you the can't... closest place you can drive to and then fly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, don't don't try this. Let's do this. You yeah. can't drive. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't get there. You can only get there by flight, I believe. Yeah. There's no road well, you there. Can, you, right, you can't, but you could, you could drive to somewhere else in Alaska and then take a flight from there, maybe. Anyway, so you can fly for about a thousand dollars round trip out of dfw via alaska air so you fly out of dfw to seattle and then from seattle to anchorage and then from anchorage to wiley post will rogers memorial airport so for the dates i'm looking it's actually only 750 hey which which brings it now which brings it from it like insane to like oh that's just right on the edge yeah i'm i may do this guys we'll see what happens because this is just this feels just stupid enough for me to to take pictures, you know, at that fucking blue field that I always post. Well, pick girl, if we want to do it, I think we can fly out of State College for fifteen hundred round trip if we're willing to do an overnight layover. There we go. Baltimore. 
Uh, Baltimore is uh, 11.58 for August 17th through 20th. There you go. Full steep. And an so, overnight layover. Yeah, oh yeah, no, all these, all these have like, like, although Anchorage has a really nice airport because it was built, mm-hmm. it was built when all the, st- all the transcontinental flights had to stop in Anchorage. So the airport apparently is super nice. Apparently Anchorage also used to be a very like cosmopolitan town because you had all these international flights stopping and laying over and you had all these European Asian influences in Anchorage of all places. That used to be a huge hub. Always a joy to find out that there is a fellow Wendover Productions watcher in the group. Everything I know about Alaska, I learned from either watching Deadliest Catch or watching the Ethan Hawke White Fang that was on the Disney Channel when I was a kid. Alaska is one of my favorite Wikipedia holes. Um, The least attended national park in the entire country is like in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. I may see if I can finagle it. CFB Campus Tours says he's going to go too. So if we could split rental and uh, car and whatever, that might actually make this way more reasonable. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I bet they'll let you into the game for free if you offer to be the bear spotter. (laughs) I'll get on top of the bus and watch for bears. Although I'm really bad. I'm really bad with a gun. I've, I think I've told you this story. The only time, I, the only time I've ever shot, the only time I've ever shot a gun, like a like a gun, even like a BB gun before, I I shot my grandpa in the arm. So so oh, that's once a bad start. Once you've hunted humans, I feel like the rest. It's never really. I've had the taste for the deadliest the deadliest game, so I don't feel like I can't. Thank you, Henry James. I can't sure. I can't do it anymore, or else it's gonna go bad. Do it. Please don't hunt polar bears with a BB gun. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, no, no. They 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 have spotters who have real guns, things like that. Like I said, I I know that this summer I'm going to fuck around and find out and end up in Toledo for the um Italian bowl game. I just know that's going to happen. That's just how it's going to be. And this is another one. I'm going to fuck around joke and find out that I'm going to end up in Barrow, Alaska in August. <laughs> 35 degrees watching a football game at the edge of the ocean and the world. That might be kind of like I feel like it's I feel like that would be kind of nice after spending like August in in Texas though like it's like when it's really hot and I walk into the freezer at work mm-hmm. and it's just so cold in there. Except this freezer has polar bears. That's a plus to me. That sounds like a normal freezer. Kamish, what's this ad you keep getting? I don't know. Whopper, 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 whopper. No, no I wish. Not <laughs> it's not that. Even though we did bevel that, which was. I think we lost a couple of Instagram followers because of that. I posted it. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. I mean, I can't figure out Instagram anyway. Uh, I, I'll get it eventually. But I'm really not trying too hard. So uh, I don't know. I keep getting this ad like promoted to me. It is called Noble Romans Craft Pizza, Craft Pizza and Pub. And this ad, it says, don't be scared. Make it a monster pizza with more cheese, toppings, and sauce for just $2 more. Available until it goes back into hiding at participating locations. So it's this weird monster with this pizza, and the monster has like a chef hat on, and it's a promoted ad that I keep getting. And I don't know why I keep getting this ad. This chain is out of Indiana. I live in San Antonio, Texas. There's only locations in Indiana. I don't know why I'm getting this ad. I don't get it. It's hilarious. Like, I'm like, do they want me to go to Indiana? Somebody I so. said, I think, I think Chickens of Dad told me, it's like, hey, it's really trying to get you to go to the Big Ten championship game. And I was like, There's okay. One, there is one inside Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore also. There you that go. That one is the nearest one to me. 
It was meant for me to talk about it on the podcast to make you go. Mm-hmm. There That's we what go. it is. The but it, began... Oh, no, I bet I know what it is. So I'm looking at their website. They begin on campus at IU. Okay. Okay. So our college stuff is catching it. That makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's not exactly the same, but kind of like how early ACC Network, or I think this was even before ACC Network was officially a thing. Um, some of the like RSNE ACC sports broadcasts were for the longest time sponsored by Mellow Mushroom. And they had like the most bizarre ads also. And I spent like a year being like, what is what is this place? Where is this place? Because it's a very like traditional ACC country pizza joint that I have never been in and will never go to. We have them in Texas now. Huh. They're way bigger now. Yeah. As a person who grew up with with the like showbiz pizza into Chuck E. Cheese family mm-hmm. of pizza generic like mascot products, I find the level of fur on this thing that is touching food to be deeply upsetting. Like it looks this like... is like this is like a snuffle up against length fur thing that is like look at me pet your food and I just ugh. it's no. a really bad cookie monster but like mm-hmm. actual cookie monster monster that has like a mouth like a Gumby character yes it is <laughs> it is Gumby's mouth yeah it is it is a mess it's been on my personal Twitter it, whoever's listening to this and they follow the personal Twitter again I'm sorry for being very boring uh, as a normal human being. Compared to the other side of the sequence account, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know what this is, but I keep getting it. It's it's ridiculous. I I've it's been going on for two weeks now, and I'm just make it stop Twitter. I'm not supposed to be getting this. Its eyes are following me. I hate it. <laughs> don't make um, me block I'd like this to, pizza place. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to return this pizza to the kitchen. It's got a hair in it. The guy goes back there. It's like whose fucking hair is this? It's blue. Okay, <laughs> it can't be many people's. <laughs> Barbara, I know you just got your hair dyed. Is this yours? <laughs> pizza monster. She's like, oh, 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 pizza, pizza. <laughs> Me wear hair net. Full body net. I was about to say, what kind of? Because at Costco, you see the people with the beard nets too, and like the must the beard mustache combo nets, and <laughs> like I can't imagine what a a cookie monster would need to wear to oh, do food service. It would look like it was the long sleeves, sleeves probably. Right? Yeah. It's just going to look like it's about to rob a bank. <laughs> like a balaclava. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. Opening of the Dark Knight, but they're all dressed as Muppets. <laughs> Everybody's Muppets except Heath Ledger. First off, I want to talk about the FA Cup. FA Cup, if you guys don't know, is basically the biggest knockout tournament in the world. England has a lot of teams, let's say. Uh Soccer teams at different levels. In this FA Cup, there were 732 that competed. And they start with like local rec teams way down on the pyramid and they they go up. And today was a a huge game between Wrexham and Sheffield United. Wrexham is a fifth tier league. You may have heard of them because Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney from It's Always Sunny Philadelphia bought the team. And that has been a show that they've been doing on FX, which is very good, called Welcome to Wrexham. And this is a team that is sort of hanging on, was hanging on for dear life and has been like punching above their weight lately. They're moving up. Sheffield United is a perennial sort of like second tier power in English football. They're in the second tier. So this is like fifth tier versus second tier. And Wrexham almost beat them today. It was 3-2 until like the 90, until like extra time, 90 plus fifth minutes, 95th minute. And Sheffield United scores. 
But because it's the FA Cup, that means that there is no extra time for the first match. What they do is they just play the game again. They start 0-0. They move it to the other site. Whatever was home goes away. And they play the game again. Replay. That's beautiful, guys. Oh, my God. Let's go fighting Ryan Reynolds's. Mm-hmm. I'm just picturing this because I don't. The only thing that I really know about like English soccer and about the FA Cup, I, everything I learned about this, I learned from Dear Hank and John, the podcast, yeah. in which John Green reports on the stylings of AFC Wimbledon, which is now in the fourth tier of English soccer. Mm-hmm. So Wrexham is going to make a ton of money off of this, and that is good for them as a team. There's that piece. Um, but also just having the general understanding of, of this like layer. This is like if, if a like middling conference FCS team or like a top tier D2 team beat Boise State. Like yeah. this is a big deal or tie Boise State. This is a big deal. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, yes, Wrexham has some, some new talent and some new money and stuff like that, yeah. but still. Some people are related to an NAIA team hanging with an FCS team. Mm. Um. So basically tying an FCS team, like an upper FCS team, like NAIA hanging on with North Dakota State or something like that. So that that it seems that crazy. Um, yeah, so Wrexham's in, in, in the National League, which is basically the fifth tier. Uh, they, they did lose their promotion battle last year to Grimsby Town, uh, who also drew with the championship side in the FA Cup. Uh, so, so take that, Brian Reynolds. Let's go Mariners out there in Grimsby Town. That's right. Big, Random big, soccer big knowledge Grimsby from the Town fan here. Big Grimsby Town fan because I played with them on FIFA 2010 and I've been following them ever since. There you go. <laughs> I did all the achievements to get them all the way to the Premier League. So I've been following a stupid team because of this, which I mean, they drew yeah. too. They drew too. They're a League 2 team. They drew uh, against Luton Town uh, oh, Luton, in the championship. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're having a replay also in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Take that, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the fact that it's beautiful because 732 teams start. Nuts. And one team wins this thing. It's beautiful. And also that it really just start with like dudes fucking around with their friends. Like in the first round proper. Yeah, like Sunday leagues. It's crazy. Yeah. It, I mean, these are these are teams from, you know, you know the, 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 the bottom. Yeah. Was the one guy? I think it was a couple years ago where they were playing Arsenal in I think the fifth or sixth round or whatever of this tournament, mm-hmm. and there was a like forty some odd year old backup keeper, and there was a prop bet that he would eat like a meat pie while oh, he was I on the this, bench. Yeah, yeah and he he did it, and I think he got caught uh, for doing it. But I can't. Remember. But the, the FA Cup is wild. It's it's a lot of fun. It's. It's fun to watch these little small teams and you want to root for like, it's like ultimate Cinderella stories, which eventually down the line, the the big teams will make it at the end, likely. Uh, but they, there's a lot of Cinderella runs in it. It's a lot of fun to watch. I'm trying to find the smallest stadium I could find of FA Cup teams. I think I found one that has a stadium of like 200. So it, yeah, I mean, it starts with like the tiny ones. It's beautiful. I'm Very imagining tiny. like, what if we did this with hockey beer leagues? And like we're just gonna put like hockey beer leagues and EA EHL and AHL and NHL teams yeah. in a blender oh, yeah. and see what comes out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you could do really with all the teams they got in Canada, uh, mm-hmm. the boys out there in Sudbury. Oh yeah, <laughs> in Shoresy or whatever. They show. Give them, give them a shot at the big teams. Come on, that's right. They they can't handle the lumber. 
it's fun to watch. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Once you get towards the end, it's like the big team versus big team likely. Yeah, that's when it gets uh, less interesting. That's when it gets less fun. But like right now where it's at, where the big teams are added with the little tiny teams, this is the the fun. We got some more soccer from, I believe this is from Aberdeen, the Scottish League. One of our, our Sickles Committee members based out there in, in Scotland, I believe. I, if, if, if I'm incorrect, Rudy. He's in Edinburgh. I apologize. He's in or Glasgow. Okay. Oh, he's in, Glas- in Glasgow. Glasgow. Okay. All right. So that 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 is so that is correct. All right. There was a manager uh, that was fired, uh, similar to uh, I would say maybe a Lane Kiffin style tarmacking, but this happened. <laughs> uh, he was he was sacked, as they say. He was sacked, which means fired in in Europe. We gotta so, use that word. We gotta use that word more often. That's right. See, he's been sacked. It's fun to say that way. This is this, what happened is basically he got he got sacked and instead of going out the normal entrance, he decided to walk across the field where the everybody else is like just basically warming down so they don't cramp or anything like that. After that, he walks across the pitch, passes everybody, and he goes out the back entrance to get into his the, the car park. As he's doing this, he's going over one of those advertising boards. And the advertising board has just like a cat with sunglasses on it. I, I have it in the Google Docs. <laughs> you can just see him with his little briefcase hopping over it. Uh, Love it. It's, it's There's like a video of him just walking across the field and the players are looking at him like probably like laughing to themselves like what happened? Like our manager just got fired. I don't know if that was the people are like, did he just get fired and he's walking out this way? It's, it's very confusing. He lost, I guess, six nothing. Uh, one nothing, and then five nothing to in in three games to a team. Basically, he lost one nothing to a team that's five divisions below them. So probably Ouch. the oh, this time, history. this time, this time he, he got updated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> way worse than that. I'll <laughs> way just say worse. that seriously. Like you pay like a division two team to come fill a schedule in the hole, and you lose there. Uh, but it's it's incredible, Jim Goodwin. Uh, if you want to look it up. But it was just absolutely hilarious to watch. Like, we didn't get to see the tarmacking. This one, he just basically did this to himself. I don't know why he did this. Self-imposed tarmacking. Seriously. Yeah. He's like, he just got sacked instead of going out. I guess maybe to avoid a press conference that he got sacked. That's, or questions. I mean, yeah, ducking out. Be... Let me... So, in, so instead, they got like a Ministry of Silly Walk style picture of him trying to hop over an advertisement. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. It's it's incredible. I linked the tweet in there, and you can just see him walking, and you can see the players like covering their mouth. Like, is he? Is did, did they just fire him? Or <laughs> I I propose that we now call leaving any sort of event by hopping a fence the Scottish goodbye. I like it. <laughs> yep, sold. Done. Yep. <laughs> Irish goodbye, you just leave without saying goodbye, and you just like disappear. The Scottish goodbye is is, is hopping over a fence with um, a cartoon cat with sunglasses on. Yes. Swinging <laughs> back to the FA Cup, I'd like to talk about the names of all their rounds. Okay, I'm going to go okay. through all the round names for this. Back to the FA. We're, this so starting with all with with like the, the smallest teams. There's the extra preliminary round, the preliminary round, the first qualifying round, second qualifying round, third qualifying round, fourth qualifying round. First round proper, second round proper, third round proper, fourth round proper, fifth round proper, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. This is painfully English. Is, isn't uh, it, though? That's what I was thinking. 
Ugh, yeah, it, it also reminds me of like like olive oil grades where like you walk in and there's all the olive oils and they all cost different things. And it's like, but what is the actual difference between virgin olive oil and extra virgin olive oil and extra extra virgin olive oil? No one knows. In the first round, if you lose, you get sorry. Sorry. In the extra preliminary round. My bad. I'll use proper Which is not the same as the first round. <laughs> Right. If you lose, you get 375 pounds. If you win, you get 1,125 pounds. That's enough beer money for your friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that long. Not that long. Depends on how many friends you have. Yeah, depends. The last thing I want to say about today's football before we get into our history lesson is uh, Notre Dame put out a tweet that said, Ian Book is Super Bowl bound. Yes, Ian Book is technically with the Eagles. He is? Oh, okay. Yes, yes. He he is technically an Eagle. I believe he is the emergency quarterback, which we had some fun emergency quarterback situations for the 49ers, but so maybe I'm I'm gonna let's hope that doesn't happen. I'm gonna post a a headline that is from December twenty third, twenty twenty, about Ian Book and the Eagles. I'm gonna put that in the Twitter in the Discord. I think it is important to point out just who, oh, jeez. <laughs> the headline is, just who exactly is the Eagles quarterback, backup quarterback, Ian Book? Real that question. Was, that was posted on December 23rd. Yeah. That was about a month ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do think it's also important, um, and this was brought to my attention by uh, fellow committee member Danger, uh, that the classic Penn State post in this vein, the one that reads, a Penn Stater has appeared in every Super Bowl, except for five since 1967, is still true as of this year because Miles Sanders is also technically an eagle. There we go. Okay, y'all, it's time for a history lesson. Oh, boy. Today, I want to talk about the 1939 Rose Bowl. Do I have to do the, the noise again? I'll go ahead and I'll do it. This this week in Sicko's History. I want to set up what happened in 1938 leading up to the 1939 Rose Bowl. Because it was played in 39, but it was for the 38th season. Uh, the March of Dimes was founded. Orson Welles' radio ad- adaptation of The War of the Worlds is broadcast, causing mass panic in the eastern U.S. Seabiscuit and War Admiral had their long-awaited race to decide who was the best horse. Seabiscuit won. Uh, nuclear fission was discovered in Germany. I'm sure that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everything worked oh, oh, out good. Also, also, German troops invaded Austria that year. Not, not good. Not great. Superman no. first appeared. Why didn't we stop hey. this? So we had lots of fun stuff going on. <laughs> fun in the biggest quotes I could say. Uh, Howard Come Hughes on, also yeah. broke the around-the-world flight record. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so that's Take where we're that, at. Take that, Magellan. That's where we're <laughs> at. First off, I want to I wanna <laughs> shout out College Football History on YouTube, who put up not just a video of this game, but a video with the radio call sync to it. Oh, beautiful. So there's a radio sync on this, which is makes this video amazing. I'm going to post clips later on, but it's so good. This was the 25th Rose Bowl, but the... I think 50th tournament of roses parade because the race for the parade had been going on beforehand played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. It was on Monday, January 2nd of 1939 because Sunday was January 1st. They don't play the Rose Bowl in January on Sundays. And first off, I'm going to get you in your head, in your head, who the teams were. This was the number three Duke blue devils. 
versus the number seven USC Trojans. This Duke team was amazing. They were known as basically they, they no one had scored on them. Unbeaten, untied, unscored on, known as the Iron Dukes. In their whole season, they had not been scored upon going into this game. I'm going to put some pictures in the Discord. First off, the Tournament of Roses Parade, the theme was Golden Memories, and Shirley Temple was the Grand Marshal. Uh, if we scroll down a little more in that document, you can see the Duke Blue Devils float, which were three Duke Blue Devils wrangling the Trojan horse, <laughs> and that that actually moves. There's a video I'll post. It actually like physically brings the horse head down. It's pretty cool. The if blue you keep scrolling down, a little bit scary. It is. Well, keep scrolling down. Yeah. I got another scary one for you. Oh God! Ah! I got a clown float. Oh my God! That's the North Hollywood float from that year. What is that? Is that? Oh, this God, is I a can't even say the name. Is it? Head. Oh man, what's the name of the sack? Is it Poly? Pugliacci or whatever. No, Pugliacci. no, yeah, no, yeah, no, not Pugliacci. not Pugliacci, but but definitely could be. Get definitely, yeah, it's a little red there instead of the black, but yeah, yeah, that's oh someone put that on a float. It's a giant ass clown head. Yeah, like so, and it's next to the it's next to this tiny tiny circus tent. So they've invented this terrifying clown kaiju. Yep, basically. <laughs> but it's just the head, so like it can't. What, yeah. what, like, what do you do if you're a kaiju that's just the head? Like, you just wait for people to get in chomping range. Mm -hmm. Basically. So I'm anticipating. I uh, see. To me, this almost looks like a weird jellyfish that instead of having like little tentacles, has like the little clown ruff. So does it just sort of like move along with that and slurm across the oh, ground? Oh yes. Like, sort of... Ooh. It's like, like one that. of those snails with the real frilly edges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, horrifying. Well, that's horrifying, it. yeah. So this was a horrifying Rose Bowl parade, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. And they made an 11-year-old Grand Marshal it. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. So The drawing of her on the program is, like, slightly Uncanny Valley, too, and I can't put my finger on why. Yeah, it's it's the staring <laughs> off in the distance. It's also <laughs> the fact that, like, her head isn't meeting her neck in a way that heads meet necks. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's giving me some Fallout vibes. Yeah, you know what? I I get you. Oh, there's yeah. something very Bioshock about this, like yeah. extremely Bioshock. Yeah, actually, about actually, this. if you if you told me this was like this was a Bioshock, like this is a this is one of those like uh, yeah, Andrew Ryan sees the future, like oh no. So this this Duke team had basically destroyed everyone they played with great defense. Offense was fine. They were, but they yeah, were offense, scored like seven, six points a game. Offense, it wasn't great. Offense wasn't that good. So let's just imagine uh, Kirk Ferentz had his way as the Duke uh, head coach here because up until the Rose Bowl, they had scored 114 points and given up zero. It's not a lot. That's it. It's not a lot. 114. No, How many games no. did they play before this one? Nine? Nine, yeah. Yeah. So they were averaging... <laughs> Averaging, let's say, round up thirteen points a game, yeah. giving up zero. So, this is this is Kirk Ferentz's dream right here. I think their high their high water mark was was beating Davidson by twenty seven. Uh, they went through, but they did, but they also beat a bunch of great ranked teams. They beat yeah. number nine Wake, number eleven North Carolina, number seven Syracuse, number four NC State, number four NC State. Jesus Christ, this tells you where we were, and number three Pittsburgh. Ayo. I don't. What is it? The opponent says number four Pittsburgh, rank number three. No, no. I think that's oh, sorry, no, the final I, season I, rank. No, they only I screwed beat that one up. Ranked I, team, yes. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. They only beat one ranked team, and that was Pitt. The ranking actually is actually where they were ranked. Yep. 
Oh, or Duke was ranked. Oh, they only beat okay. one ranked team. My bad. They beat ranked Pitt. Okay. Fraudulent Duke. That's what I'm Fraudulent hearing here. Duke. So Duke 92 overrated. overall. So SC in 38 was 92 overall, 6-1 in conference. They had a home loss to Alabama, their opener. And then they lost at a very bad Washington team, 6-7. to Which you can imagine, November 12th at Washington, a 6-7 to game just being really gross. But they also were putting up big numbers. SC beat UCLA this game 42 to 7. Seeing 42 points in a 1938 football game must have been like seeing you know, a spaceship take off. I'm not sure how they dealt with that. The 1938 version of 7661. Right. <laughs> so, so some stats from this game, y'all. SC had 13 first down to Duke's five. SC had 128 rushing yards to Duke's 84. Now let's talk about the passing game. SC passed for 30, completed 12, and had three interceptions. Duke passed for 13, completed four, and had two interceptions. <laughs> passing was passing was great. <laughs> SC passed for 81 yards. Duke passed for 59. Can and, we come up with Detmer numbers for this game? Yeah. Because I think they would be zesty. And well, not not really. Because th- there was no any, there was not any touchdowns. That's wrong. No <laughs> yes, yeah, be rather low. Uh, SC only had 200 yards of offense to Duke's 143. So I want to put you in this game. It was scoreless through three quarters. It was back and forth. It was a punting game, basically. The first video I'm going to show you is of the absolutely filthiest stiff arm I've ever seen. McNeil is over the ball. Lansdell is back. There's the shift. The shift over to the right. The left brother, pardon me. Uh, here he comes. Lanzo with the ball. He's smearing one tackle up. Take him away. And he gets up over the midfield side. Gets up to the Duke 45-yard line. Oh, that's, that's like classic Heisman pose. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, no face masks either, if you'll notice. Oh. So he that was a... Pads too, it yep. looks like. He yep. dribbled his face like a basketball. <laughs> yep. So he basically just put his hand into that dude's face. Like clinched down on, I assume bowling ball style. One finger, I looked like thumb, it. thumb in the mouth, two fingers in the eye sockets, and just let him go. <laughs> that's how I would do it. Like that's a little move we like to call "sit your ass." So the next one I'm going to show you is the moment that they almost lost this game. So Duke hits a th- uh, hits a three pointer. Jesus Christ, a field goal. At the beginning of the fourth quarter. And it looks like they're just going to hold <laughs> them be fair, down. We are talking about Duke. I can understand why you would start thinking it's basketball. Right. We should probably use basketball terminology so that our Duke listeners feel more at home. So we I'm going to aim to be a welcoming podcast. So, mm-hmm. so SC has to punt and they punt the ball down to the Duke five. And then this happens. It's punt formation. Ollie Day is back. He's standing about 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage. There's the pass from center. There goes the kick, and it's a beautiful high twisting It's a good punt. Oh. Why do you touch the ball? the ball? Comes yeah. down. And he fumbled it. He fumbled it. There's a big pile of the players down there. He was hit very hard. Spangler was hit very hard just as he caught that ball, and he dropped it. There's a big pile of the players down there, and USC has recovered. USC has recovered that fumbled punt by Spangler. It was Gasper. You know, this is really high-quality camera work for 1938. I mean, I just say that, too. I can't believe he touches that ball. Wow. Why? Like, like, I can I can imagine the coach. 
just throwing a clipboard. Coach is livid on the sidelines. Right? Wouldn't you be if you saw that? Get back coaches in 1938. They they definitely would have needed one after that play. Oh, I mean. when they were invented. They would need to get keep the coach back from like putting his cigarette out in that player's arm. <laughs> kid, come here, come here, kid, come here, kid. <laughs> Don't touch the fucking ball. So now I gotta tell you about what happened after this. SC did not score there. <laughs> they got backed up to the fifteen and missed a twenty-three yard field goal. So it's still three-zero going into the last two minutes of the game, and then. USC coach Howard Jones sent in Doyle Knave, their fourth string quarterback. The story about this is pretty murky, but I'm going to give you the most commonly accepted version. SC's offense had basically had nothing against Duke's defense. The running game was bad. And so they got the ball with about two minutes left and were going down the field. They'd been running it and sort of passing it. It was fine. It's fine. But it wasn't going to work and they were desperate. So Joe Walensky was an assistant for the freshman team. His job on game days was to man the telephone line, which connected the USC assistants spotting the game from up above to the coaches on the sideline. So even back in 38, 39, they had the phone. He'd seen the so team practice all, all, all those phones. All those phones uh, have remained the same. Yes, they're still. I assume uh, this rotary. is still like a crazy. They all have crank. rotary phones. That's it. <laughs> I'm imagining one of the old like speaker and like hold the speaker. Oh, yeah, like the. Oh, yeah. I, I'm imagining, like, the Hill 304 movie where, like, mm-hmm. somebody's just, like, running, a, like, a coil of wire across things. It's basically, like, two people with two cups yelling at each other. So this guy Operator, who was the assistant on the freshman team. Exactly. Operator, mm-hmm. put me through to the sideline, please. So he knew that fourth-string quarterback Doyle Knave, who had only played 28 all minutes all season, had a hell of an arm. He was not a p- runner, a punter, or a defender. But this you could wing it. And that's what this kid thought they needed. So there is some dispute about this part of the tale. But basically, Walensky faked a phone conversation from up on the uh, from up in the booth. He picks up the phone, pretends like he's yelling, and then slams it down. And then goes upstairs, sends to send in Doyle Knave, send him in. And Coach Howard Jones puts the substitution in because his spotters upstairs said that that's what they were going to do. So he did that. Fellow freshman assistant Nick Pappas, who passed on the message to put in Nave, later recalled noticing how the assistant coaches who Walensky had been speaking with were actually down on the sideline. (laughs) I looked at Walensky and said, Joe, you faked the phone call. He said, yeah, I told him, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Do crimes. Do crimes. Another telling of the story is most straightforward, saying the people above saw that this was a good idea and called down to say that. I'm not buying that. I'm going to buy it. Uh, I'm choosing Willensky to imagine also... this quarterback as off-brand Joe Milton. He was. Yeah. Not not Roomba. off-brand. Not off-brand. He was just Joe Milton. Yeah. Rocket launcher on top of Marimba. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Apparently, Joe Walensky was also at law school at the time, so he was worried about getting like in ethical trouble for this, too. <laughs> that was some of the reasons they did not do this. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some of the passes from the end of this game. Here's the first pass that Doyle threw. And this is the scariest drop back I've ever seen. You're gonna have to blow it up because it's kind of tiny. There is no audio for this, unfortunately. What was that like a 17 step drop? Right. <laughs> like how like, oh my god. Just panic. One, and his two, O-line three, four, gone. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's at least a 10 step drop. Yeah, he is running for his life. But he also hey, he stood tall and threw. Good for him. Cannon. 
Yeah, the hell of an arm. He, Potato he gun some... goes yeet. <laughs> here's here's the second pass he threw, which again also scary as shit. Not as much he, as a drop this time. He loved, but he loved hanging back in the pocket though. He did. And throwing into double coverage. And throwing into double coverage. Mm-hmm. And here was the winning touchdown pass. And coming up, and he's throwing a pass out there to Kruger, and it's complete across the goal line. It's complete across the goal line. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Southern California goes out and scores six two three in front of Duke University. Oh, what a ball game this is. Now they're getting ready for that drive for extra points. Coming up, Doyle Nays will kick. Gaston will kick Nays. He's holding the ball. There's the kick, and it's good also. It's good. <laughs> beautiful what a ball game this is folks uh, what a ball game. camera guys like flailing the camera around oh the camera bit. oh the camera guy is so excited you can't even tell you can also hear the people in the booth screaming look at the old-timey scoreboard too right oh yeah it's insane that we have this video and this audio it's awesome technology is amazing it is he completed then, four straight passes four straight passes so to Oh, we gotta give the nicknames here. Oh, we Come we on. have to. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so this Go was ahead. this was uh, fourth string quarterback Doyle Knave of the Trojans completed four straight passes to sophomore Ed, so sophomore and Antelope Al Kruger, who outmaneuvered Eric the Red Tipton of Duke, <laughs> and scored the winning touchdown with one minute remaining. This was the first points scored against Duke this season, and it happened in the last two minutes of their season. Hell yeah! And they and they losing the game. SC wins seven to three and SC tears down the goalposts to the Rose Bowl. And I'm going to post that video too. So the antelope was inducted into the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame in the class of 1995. But was, was Doyle Nave inducted? I, I, Come on, God, I hope so. Four for four with a touchdown pass to. Hey, he played for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> he played for the Detroit Lions, the Hawaii Polar Bears and the Hollywood Bears. Beautiful. Wait, the Hol- the Hawaii polar bears. Find the logo. We'll bevel it. I, I gotta find yeah, absolutely. this. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the video of the goalpost getting torn down is an absolute joy because they're H-shaped goalposts yes. too. And so you just like the fans are like somehow separated them and are just standing there wiggling a pole back and forth until yep. they can get it up. It is great. <laughs> It's like they're about to caber toss those things. <laughs> Seriously. Or pole vault. So Nave, such a joy. Nave was inducted into the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame as well. Oh, okay. Good. Because both him, him and Kruger were named MVPs. So that's the story of the 39 Rose Bowl. I was led into another rabbit hole that we're going to talk about on Tuesday. Because someone asked me when I posted a little bit about this, was this the first time goalposts have been pulled down? I was like, there's no way this could be the first time. 39 feels way too late. And I'm, we're going to talk about on Tuesday, the first game that I could find that had the goalpost pulled down the 1876 Harvard Yale game. I don't have footage, but I have news articles and it, it will include one of my favorite quotes ever. I'm very excited about that one. Any questions, anyone about this, about this beautiful game and all the weirdness around it? <laughs> Look at us doing teasers for next episode. We're so organized. I know. This is amazing. No. <laughs> if you guys, if y'all, if you're not following College Football History on YouTube, please do that. 
he puts up every day new games to go through, sometimes with audio, sometimes without. He's got dozens and they're all amazing because this is stuff that I have never seen before. Stuff that has been just like not available easily on YouTube and definitely worth watching. We're going to draw a lot from his stuff. And also Northwestern puts up a lot of their old games like on their main YouTube account. Go figure. Well, I mean, they were ranked three in like the 1930s, so. Right. That's how I found out. That's right. Yeah. Well, folks, <laughs> anyone got anything else for tonight? <laughs> no, um, we're going to have we, uh, we a, a bunch of different. I don't know if you want to say anything about me not being here or not, or just make up stuff. I'm going to make up stuff. Yeah, we're going to make up stuff. It's fine. Well, I mean, yeah. they may they may know if I post it on my Twitter because oh, I'll probably say something. Uh, in the next few days or so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fine. We can just leave it at that. I don't have to say anything on the podcast, I guess. You're you're on assignment. Yeah, you're on assignment. I'll be on assignment. Yes. Some interesting no sleep duty coming up soon. Excited. <laughs> Excited for you, sir. Uh, and, and while yeah. Kamish is gone, you know, that means that no one's there to censor all my posts in the Twitter account. So I'm super excited about that, y'all. <laughs> Jordan out here starting shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Kamish is going to open up his phone at three in the morning, so tired, and just see a thread of how I've started shit with everyone. I'm just going to see nothing but corfball posts. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't even talk about the big corfball tournament this weekend. How? uh, I mean, you know, you could have done that. So. I know. uh, England's premier corfball team, Tornadoes, didn't do so hot at the ikf satellite championship i mean i thought you would mention that denmark won you know the handball championship or something but you know you skipped that so. i man i'm just I'm, I'm i'm slacking let me tell you i know but yeah i'm sure you you have some crazy stuff going on i'll, I'll be i'll have my hands full i'm pretty sure yeah uh, you will. yeah uh thank everybody for voting in the sicko cbb poll uh we're gonna get those results uh everybody was watching the championship sunday so we didn't bother doing any of the spreadsheeting so we'll have those results later on this week um kevin and andrew uh kevin our spreadsheeter is going to be on tuesday night and we're going to break down the um sicko cbb poll results we'll also try to get the field of sickos 68 out there with the automatic uh qualifiers from each conference so hopefully that doesn't take jordan too long I gotta remember and, what's in, who's in what conference in this fucking yeah. sport. God. Well, <laughs> at least shout out to Elon University for closing the D one yes circle of sicko. Um, so they got their first Division one win. So that means basically this is a transitive property over the entirety of Division one. We we got to thank the last few people getting on the board for that big big huge wins. LIU and Elon University. Thank you. The Elon Phoenix, right? The Phoenix, yes. They used yeah. to be known as the Fighting Christians. <laughs> like the Phoenix better. Um, yeah. It's less so, redundant. So <laughs> it basically, their mascot looked like Notre Dame's Fighting Irish, but he was like Christian. So <laughs> it was like oh, different color see, hair. I, I gotta I'm just imagining stuff. like the yes. leopard coming with a miter. Holy shit. In the Discord. in uh, Sorry, in the uh, in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, I'm picturing like... Like, just call yourself a yes. crusader. Like, just if you're going to do this, just just be a crusader. No, that's a, no, that's a fighting Christian. Yes. 
I was looking for a better the image to try to bevel, but I, I cannot. What? That is okay. That is I want brand it, also fighting Mennonites are very much not a thing. That's very true. This is like Abraham Lincoln and Brutus the Buckeye had a baby. That's it. He d- it's, he does look vaguely Amish, and it's the hat and the fact that there's no mustache. I have so many questions. The fight would that be like Brutus Brutus Lincoln or? Oh God! Oh, <laughs> no. I'll throw some of these pictures out in the in the in our thread too for the podcast because these are great too. No, Sarah Fawcett school. Yeah, Sarah Fawcett run. It's not safe. Oh, when they retired him as the mascot, they had him walk at graduation and gave him a diploma. Oh. Uh, yeah, reading from the Medium post that I know that we're all pulling from for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as the registrar of Elon College for the past 22 years, I never had this problem before, but it seems that I have overlooked one of our graduates. Sorry, Mr. President. It must be that he has taken 78 years to complete his requirements. Quote, different person. President Lambert, we do have a student that we skipped. The following student has completed completed the requirements for his degree, and I present the last graduate of the class of 2000, the fighting Christian mascot. Mom and dad, be happy that your child did not take 78 years to graduate. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. That's cute. That's fun. Okay, so when they were Elon College, they were the fighting Christians. They changed to Elon University and became the Elon Phoenix. Okay. I believe that's that and i'm sure there's elon fans that are gonna come after us not not those type of elon come after fans, me elon but, fans but, but like well that's the other elon I, fan that's the problem elon. with talking about elon is you when you post about it you have to be careful because you end up with a lot no, of no i like i actually it's like i will say the university just to avoid that ah rasputin <laughs> that is the uh, evidently the mascot ah! head is missing <laughs> this picture is in the section of that article that talks about the head being missing i mean that that christian's been <laughs> through a lot of fights i'm just gonna say that yes yeah. okay y'all i guess we'll see everyone on tuesday <laughs> have a good week <laughs> bye everyone the trojans are still in there fighting just listen to that band come through with the old trojan fight song